right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and it is regular season time here for Eagles Enemies Season 5. This is Episode 4, presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. The regular season is here, and it is time to dive into the Eagles Week 1 matchup this Sunday on the road against the Detroit Lions. The Hard Knocks darlings, everybody's hyping them up. Dan Campbell's ready to bite some kneecaps. Well, guess what? The Eagles are coming to town with some heavy ammunition of their own, and we're going to dive into this episode with Underground Sports Philadelphia employee, and he writes for Stadium Rant, uh, and is the host of the Loaded Box Fantasy Football Podcast, and he's a known Detroit Lions fan. Pat Pitts will join us on this episode, but before we get started, make sure you guys are following us at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. You'll get episodes of Eagles Enemies every single week during the Eagles season until there are no more games, uh, and then it will come back in 2023. Um, and then, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel where you get full video episodes of every single podcast on our network, including Eagles Enemies, all season long. And now, without any further ado, let's get into it with the host, with the most, Mr. Patty Pitts. <laughs> All right, we are ready to rock and roll. It's the regular season, everybody. It's Eagles Enemies, presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. And I am joined by my colleague, known Lions fan, host of the Loaded Box Fantasy Football Podcast, NFL guy, big NFL guy for Stadium Rant, Mr. Patty Pitts, the people's champ, the host with the most. What's going on, brother? Nothing. Thank you for having me back. For another Eagles enemies, I I love. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think my favorite thing I do when it comes to content is talking Lions because it's so obscure. Being a Patriots fan, Boston, literally your stereotypical Boston sports fan and Bostonian, and I have this obsession with the Lions, and they're finally good this year. So I love talking about the Lions, and even more so when they're a good football team and finishing up hard knocks. Let me tell you. I'm ready to run through a brick wall for Dan Campbell. He doesn't care if he, you have one ass cheek and three toes. He will beat your ass. Pat Pitts might be the one and only human who is a known Patriots fan who has gotten tired and bored of the Patriots. It was true. That is a true sentence. And that's why got, he adopted the Lions. There's just too much winning. And I that sounds so just cocky and arrogant. But, like, when your friends are all, like, go Pats, and they're saying the same thing, like, you've, you've, uh, you know, as you said, big NFL guy, Calvin Johnson, I'm like, all right, I'll start following him, and then they were awful. And I'm like, what's it like to be a fan of a team that sucks? Like, what is it like to be a fan of that franchise? And I've just steered into the skid, and now I think we're coming up, and we're not going to suck anymore. It seems like brighter days are ahead. We shall see as week one is quickly approaching here on Sunday. Eagles-Lions, hard knocks happen. Obviously, there is the, the hard knocks hijinks, the hard knocks curse does happen. Uh, does that scare you about the Lions, being that they were on hard knocks in the spotlight of everybody? Uh, does, it, does it give you a little pause, give you a little, you know, does it keep you up at night knowing that hard knocks might curse the squad? No, not at all, because I think that what's going to happen this year with the Lions is the complete opposite of it, because... The Lions get zero national recognition. They get zero 
primetime games. They have zero this year on Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Football. And usually when that's the case, obviously it's like, you know, no one gets to see them play. No one knows who the Lions are. They just think they're the same old Lions from years ago, where now it's a completely different franchise, completely different organization from top, literally from top to bottom, uh, front office and players. So, like, if you look at the lines this year compared to years past, it seems like an actual well-run organization, like for Dan Campbell, his coaches. And that's why, like, Hard Knocks, I think this year was so awesome for the Lions to be spotlighted because you got to see a little bit of a sneak peek of what's going on there. You know, the changes that they're making. How good is Dan Campbell? How much of, you know, that guy is really what you see on camera in real life? Like, he is that guy. There is no off switch for him. He's on 24-7, and his players are too. Like, it just... It seems like a fun team this year and a team you want to like, whether you're a fan of them or a casual fan or not even a fan of them. You just want to like them. Where in years past, you could find reasons to not like them. And, you know, it, it just it's a different vibe. I like it. So big off season for this team. Let's start on the offense, though. Jared Gurf, Jared Goff is back, as I call him, because uh, he is a big, big time Gurf ball. Um You've been you've been very hype about the weapons around him when DJ Chark comes to town from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another year of one of my favorite players in the league, Amon Ross St. Brown, Khalif Raymond, who is probably your darling. If you were still in high school, you'd have a picture of him in your Whoa. locker. Uh, Quintess Cephas as well. And then, of course, Big Bad TJ Hawkinson in the fold. And obviously, shout out to... My boy, big bro, Zoe, uh, go prep, DeAndre Swift, uh, also in the fold for you guys with Jamal Williams, and former Eagle is now backup quarterback for Jared Goff, Nate Sudfeld. Um, yes. What excites you about this offense? Because obviously, DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson are like the big name guys on this offense, but what, ex- what gets you stoked about this wide receiver core of kind of, you know in the grand scheme of things there's no big name wide receiver in this room so what gets you excited about a, a room essentially of you know just unknown commodities i like this offense this year because it seems more legit you know it seems like they actually have not just big name weapons because the biggest name obviously being i'm on ron st brown but weapons that complement golf very well and that's one thing that the Lions did over the past few years that the casual fan is not going to see is that, yeah, Goff struggled and didn't have the receivers because he went from having his, we'll say, perfect receiving um, pick, com, whatever, uh, in Los Angeles, and now he comes to Detroit, has to figure it out a little bit, but now he has receivers that really complement his play style. Obviously with Amon Ron being that, we'll say, Cooper Cup guy where he's going to rely on him. You know, every time he's going to be the number one guy. Then you have a Josh Reynolds who was in L.A. with Goff only for a year or so, but they developed some sort of connection. They had a, they were really hitting it off well in training camp, so he's going to be that deep threat, um, you know, along with DJ Chark. Uh, Khalif Raymond will be, you know, a, a slotty guy returning punts too, but he can catch the ball. He can be reliable on third and fives, third and fours to get that down. And the big thing is that you're, you're we're finally going to see Goff throw it. And we're going to see what Goff can really do outside of a Sean McVay offense because people forget 
Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl. Jared Goff led the number one offense in the NFL that season to a Super Bowl. Yeah, you can have Sean McVay being the puppet master and, you know, pulling the strings or whatnot, but Goff had to do something. Let's you not know forget I mean? they scored three points in that Super Bowl. And the Pats scored 10. So, like, let's not, you know, both teams. 13, sucked. 13, 13. Tomato, potato. The, the point is it was a low-scoring game and no one fucking did it on offense. Which now this year, Goff is finally going to do it and he has a good compliment, too, in the run game with DeAndre Swift. But not only that, bro, Jamal Williams, too. I am really impressed with what I've been seeing with Jamal Williams, not only on hard knocks, but on social from what reporters are saying, the team is saying, like, you need a guy like that to be a locker room voice, locker room leader. They didn't have that. The Lions have not had a locker room guy who they could rely on to be that kind of um, liaison between the players and coaches. They have that with like five guys this year on the offense alone. And Dan Campbell, I mean, would take a bullet for every one of his players, and they'd say the same thing, where I don't think you'd be saying the same thing for Matt, Matt Patricia a couple of years ago. It's a different – that's what I'm saying. It's a completely different vibe and a completely different team, so it's like it's – a, it's a nice breath of fresh air, honestly. How concerning is it that former Eagle, Super Bowl champion, Big V, is now out and apparently not looking good for one Frank Ragnow for week one right now either – Offensive line for this Lions team, not that great. And we were talking about the Eagles' defensive line coming into uh, this game. Obviously, you have another year of uh, Panay Suel at the, mm-hmm. the right tackle spot right now as the starter there. But knowing the, the junkyard dogs that are on this Eagles' defensive line, Brandon Graham, you know Fletcher Hargrave. Cox, Javon Hargrave, Jordan Davis, uh, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, The list goes on and on. Milton Williams up front in the middle as well. How concerned are you about just the protection up front for Jared Goff and what it might do in terms of limiting what DeAndre Swift is going to be able to do as kind of, you know, that elite superstar on this offense being the ball carrier, not necessarily a wide receiver? It's going to be interesting, to say the least. Seeing Frank Ragnow potentially missing... Uh, week one is heartbreaking because when at full full strength, 100%, the Lions offensive line is a top 10 PFF ranked. I mean, they're just that good with the stars they have on it and all pros, pro bowlers, whatever. Uh, but then you, yeah, as we, you mentioned, you know, you, when you have a missing, you know, piece there and you're playing against a team like the Eagles that just have absolute monsters on their D line it's going to create a little bit of a struggle and a slow start in my opinion. So, you know, we're going to have to see Swift try to run it outside a lot more than usual, you know, a little bit more of the play action to try to catch him off guard. And that's where Jared Goff's got to be, you know, on his a game and really prove that he is that guy that can get back to a super bowl. He has the weapons to do so. It's, it's, I'm more concerned about, you know, the timing he has in the pocket because it, to me, he can get the job done, but it's all about if the pocket collapses, you know, holding for that extra second so he can get it off. It's one of those things where I am a little nervous, and I don't think I think every Lions fan would be, especially after the news. But you know, I don't think that it's going to be as you know noticeable or prevalent than years before. They're going to find a way to counter it. Dan Campbell. That's why I give so much credit to the coaching staff. Is 
they have some of the best pieces around them when it comes to you know the uh coordinators different position position coaches who have played in the league they're vet not only just played but well-known veterans around the league i mean you know random you know the running back coach all too well deuce big Big deuce daily an eagles guy you know he probably really revolu um i would say upgrading the running back uh room in, in just what he's doing. And then on the wide receiver side, on Antoine Randall I don't like this guy either, but Mark Brunel, you know, personally, whatever, but he does know the game and it's going to be. So that's the thing is that they. Why have, do you not like Brunel? He called out Brady. He called out Brady and cried on air about the flake And I think that's just the most absurd thing ever. Like, come on, man. He's your guy now, though. He is my guy. So we let by. I didn't know Antoine Randall was there either. That's pretty yeah. Cool. Antoine Randall is the wide receiver coach, and I, it, it, that's he had a lot of success in Tampa with you know Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know developing them. Now he goes into this system, and he's going to do the same thing with Amon Ron, uh, you know DJ Shark, Josh Reynolds, those guys, and I, I that's where I would say my worries go away because. There's a lot better, a lot better coaches around uh, the head coach than years prior that can, you know, uh, adapt on the fly and make those quick adjustments that they see. Where you know years ago, Matt Patricia would be like, "All right, we, we don't know what to do now. Do this." Like it, it's a different atmosphere there. Removing all of your bias, I want you to answer this question truthfully. Okay. Where do you see Jared Goff this year in terms of ranking him in the pantheon of the 32 NFL starting quarterbacks? Best case scenario for Jared Goff this year. Where Where is his ceiling in terms of, you know, falling in the ranks? Obviously, you know, you're going to have your your Matthew Stafford, your, your Aaron Rodgers, your Tom. Like, they're going to be in the top. Yeah. But where do you have Jared Goff kind of slotting in? within the ranks of the top 32? My hopeful answer, so it's like highest ceiling where... You know, your ceiling there. expectation with no bias involved, obviously, but what you personally feel as a big football guy, Jared Goff is capable of doing and landing uh, himself on that, that list of top 32 quarterbacks. Top 15 top 15 quarterback and if out of nowhere he just goes on a tear for like two or three weeks maybe into a top 10 guy like maybe maybe but if i had to give like my answer final answer it'd be top 15 he's too talented that's the thing is that i'm not like there are a lot of great quarterbacks in the league right now i think some of the best quarterbacks league wide we've seen in a very long time and Jared Goff is right in the middle there with them. It just so happens that he plays for the Detroit Lions and not, you know, the Bills, Chiefs, um, Dolphins at this point because two is getting so much fucking uh, coverage now. Uh, you know, he's not in any of those ta- teams that are getting talked about or whatnot. He's in the Lions, and people forget about the Lions. So they're going to forget about Jared Goff where he can meet. He's a very accurate quarterback. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks over the past few years. The problem is, it's just the team has not translated that success. Now he finally has those receivers that can elevate his game to that next level. So, you know, that 15, 20 yard pass that gets tackled at the five yard line, you know, 
They may be able to get some yak and run in the end zone, or he may be able to throw that in the back corner to Josh Reynolds or DJ Chark, you know, those bigger, taller guys, because he has that now. And that's the, the whole thing is that this offense is now becoming more whole, whereas there's been pieces here and there missing for some time. And, and Jaragoff finally has that. I mean, all, all things considered, I really think he, there's no doubt in my mind he couldn't finish as a top 15 quarterback this year. I just, I, I, that's, yeah, that's where I'm The going. more I've thought about it after you said top 15, I said, I could see it in that 13 to 15 range. Yeah, exactly. Like right there. Um, cause I, I certainly think he's probably tied for second best quarterback in the division with Kurt coupons and mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, obviously being Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's better than Justin Fields. I think he's better than whatever Seattle's going to throw out there. I think he's better than, uh, you know, Davis Mills. I think he's better than, uh, on some days he, he can prove to be better than Ryan Tannehill. I think he's better this, than this year you will. an almost forty-year-old Matt Ryan. Yeah, yep. So I mean, there's there's guys that he's definitely ahead of, and I think someone that doesn't get enough talk is T.J. Hawkinson. I think he's a top five tight end in the league, and nobody ever talks about him ever. Obviously, you have your big your big dogs with Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle. Uh, I'm totally for forgetting somebody right now that I was going to mention as well. Oh, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. Um, those are like your your core four big dog tight ends, and I feel like T.J. Hawkinson is in that you know five to eight range of elite tight ends. You throw probably Zach Ertz in there that a lot of people thought he was done. He's still in that top eight. Mm-hmm. Hawkinson, I think, is in there easily, number five, number six, wherever you want to kind of throw him. Um, I think he's just the the model of consistency. And that's where Jared Goff, that's a guy that Jared Goff needs in the offense where he is someone in the red zone that you need to just lock in on. You know, he's so good just get it, catching it and then yards after carry. You know, he can make a move with it. He's great blocking too. I mean, he went to Iowa. I mean, we know what happens with tight ends coming out of Iowa, so he can do both. And – He's exactly a tight end. Like people forget, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, Dan Campbell played tight end for in the NFL for years mm-hmm. with Saints, Lions, and I, someone else. I think Bills maybe. But um, you know, so when I think of Hawkinson and how they are going to use him, Dan Campbell wants to use Hawkinson how he would play the game, and obviously, if he was that good, exactly. That's what I mean. If he was that. Good of a he's living vicariously through his own player exactly so what is he so what do you do when you live vicariously through someone you literally try to give them every single opportunity that you would want and when it comes to production i i think tj hogson could end up being a top three tight end at the end of the year with just the amount of opportunity that's going to be given to him with how well, I would say well balanced this offense is finally for a, first time in a long time. Uh, how do you feel about DJ Chark coming in? Obviously, he was injured last year, uh, had some ups and some downs with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was he was one of my favorite players when he was when he was going with the Jaguars. He was just so fun to watch. He was you know one of those guys that you always penciled in as like a wide receiver two in fantasy football for all the fantasy heads out there. Now he's getting a fresh start with the Lions, a new jungle cat, if you will. 
Um, what are your expectations for him coming in as kind of like the big splash free agent wide receiver signing? If it was any other team, I would be singing praise and saying he's going to be amazing and wide receiver one and everything. But I see him being, uh, I would say, a wide receiver 2B, you know, next. Cause or not it, 2B. Ah, that is the go. question. That is the question I'm going to answer because, you know, he, he ha- I would say he's definitely more talented than Josh Reynolds, for sure. But when it comes to being targeted per game, you know, I think DJ Chark's going to be more of that scoring type of receiver and relied upon when there's a big play or, you know, they need that critical touchdown in the, you know, 10, 10 yard line, whatnot. I think he's going to finally have that breakout where he, you know, we'll say silences any haters or anything um, because you just look at him as he's a very well built wide receiver. He has great hands height he's got the height which is crucial and he's definitely going to be someone that is sliding under a lot of people's radars just because no one's really talking about and there's a lot more to talk about in the league but don't doubt him you know he, he did have a solid training camp he is in a good spot where he doesn't need to be the one but he has that upside where he could be the one and that's where you know it's going to be a very interesting and awesome to see is that he could be that guy to have six seven catches a game they may not be for over 100 yards every time but like say 70 to 80 yards and a touchdown that's exactly what you want out of a you know fringe wide receiver too it just he's it's nice that they went and got him over another guy that you know i would say his ceiling's a lot higher than most and then uh last bit on the offense before we move over to the defense, the the kneecap biters, if you will. Uh, your expectations for DeAndre Swift? I know you were not a DeAndre Swift guy initially, because your boy I, I, has I since carried on ah. his wayward son. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I'm sure, has since grown on you. The Philly okay. boy himself, built tough. He's got that dog in him, uh, literally from the yeah. University of Georgia. And uh, go prep. Uh, What are your expectations for DeAndre Swift this season? We're finally going to see a Lions running back rush for over 1,000 yards. It's going to be nice. And he just has – you hear coaches talk about him in hard knocks. There was one episode where they were talking about DeAndre Swift and his potential, and they were saying he's got everything. Pretty much similar to what the uh, Colts coaches were saying last year about Jonathan Taylor, that he's got it. The difference is that he has to work a little bit harder. You know, the game comes to him, but he needs to put in that extra work to get him to that next step. After this training camp, it's pretty obvious he definitely has, or else he wouldn't be in the position that he's in. And with this offense being a lot more well-rounded, he is going to get some decent, decent uh, time, not only on the field, but carries. I mean, I could see them giving it, giving the ball to him 20 times a game, even with Jamal Williams there, he's still going to be that guy that, you know, breaks off for 25, 30-yard runs. He's elusive. He's quick. It's exactly what you want out of a Lions running back, something we haven't seen in a very long time. And then you have Jamal Williams there to back him up, and I don't think that's a negative or a knock to him. I think it just complements him very well. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna pull this up here and just get your opinion on uh, okay. these here. So... DeAndre Swift, let's see here. 
So, yeah. Um, oh, here it is. This is what I want to ask you. DeAndre Swift in the passing game. Obviously not really notorious for being a pass catcher. Last season, he had 452 yards on 62 receptions, which was 167th in the league, uh, averaging 7.3 yards per catch last season. How involved, if at all, do you think DeAndre Swift will be in the passing game this year as compared to last? A lot more. He'll he'll be used a lot more in the passing game. I, I'm not going to throw out a crazy number. What do you, you said 62 last year? I think close yeah. to 70, 75 receptions, maybe 82 targets. Just because they, they want to move the ball downfield quicker. They, the, they want to move it through the air. That's why they have Goff. And DeAndre can do that. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be what he's known for, but a nice second and four screen, you know, he can run a little bit of flat routes, doesn't have a great, you know, I think Jamal Williams has a better route tree than him. Um, but when it comes to the passing game, he definitely is going to be utilized in it a lot more than last year, but not a crazy amount. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's why Jamal Williams is there too for passing and run and then pass blocking. You know, that's I think the I will say my knock on Swift and not really a knock. It's just that Jamal Williams does it better. That's why they probably brought him in uh, amongst other things where that is going to be with, I'd say, his his downfall and where he's not utilized is in the passing and pass blocking role. But I mean, he's still going to get 75 around 75 catches and 500 yards. Maybe that's pretty solid. Maybe a touchdown or two. I'll ask you this, for the game on Sunday, right now, DeAndre Swift's rushing yards over-under is set at 49.5. It's 50.5 at some places, but I'll give you the 49.5. Uh, obviously, the the injury to Frank Ragnow, I'm sure, is playing a part in this, along with Vitae being out. Uh, where do you see DeAndre Swift's rushing yards hitting against the Eagles? 40? You said 40 yards? 49 and a half is the over-under. I say 60. 60 to 60 to 80. You know, he's not going to rush. Even with the injuries. Even with the injuries because he is that talented. If he breaks off, he's going to break out to the outside. It's one thing they worked on in training camp. One thing he struggled with and that they worked on with Deuce Staley is that he needs to bounce to the outside more to create space for himself and then use that explosive speed that why they drafted him to get those yards, and, you know, I, I, I think that's just egregious to have 49.5. I think that's really low for him. I mean, if you said that about Jamal Williams, maybe, yeah, you know, just because I think he'll be used in different ways. But 40, that's, a, that's low. I, I would say, you know, 50 to 70 yards in that range and then maybe a touchdown. You know, I think that's where my, my gut's telling me. They're going to want to pass it. They're going to want to pass it on Sunday, so I'm not. That's what that's my where my brain is going is that they're going to have to pass it to yeah. kind of be in a track meet with the Eagles in the way that their offense goes, and then just the guys up front, the Eagles stopping the run have been one of the best run stuffing defensive lines alone, not including the improved linebackers that the Eagles have this year, uh, for as long as they've kind of been on this run since the Super Bowl. Their defensive line has been sensational, so I think that's also playing a part in this. Uh, and I'll read you his receiving yard over under prop here. 
31 and a half is the line. Yeah, I'd go over 35. You know, I don't think it's going to be crazy. I think that's a good – I think that's where I'm like, okay, that, that's more reasonable. You know, maybe three catches, you know, three, four catches for 35 yards. And then maybe that's where he gets one of his touchdowns. Like, I don't know. Like, he, he he's not going to have a, an unbelievable game. He's not going to have a, you know, in my opinion, he's not going to have a, a breakout, to say the least. But he's going to do a job. He's going to do it well to put the Lions in the best position to win. So, yeah, 35 yards is good there. Let's swap over to this Lions defense, the kneecap biters. Aiden Hutchinson, obviously, the big draft pick. Uh, I'm sure you're beyond thrilled that he is a Detroit Lion. He was your guy the entire draft season. Um, talk to me about your guy. Swoon about him, if you will. He is going to be defensive rookie of the year. It's not even close. I don't care about Sauce Gardner. I don't care about the number one overall pick in Jacksonville. It's Aiden Hutchinson. It's going to be the defensive rookie of the year, and you can book it right now. That's coming from the pe- the champ of the peeps right now, my Detroit peeps. Because what I've seen so far with Aiden Hutchinson is – a dog and that's such a simple way to put it but this dude is not playing like a rookie he does not have the mentality of a rookie he thinks about the game in a very different way and he just plays like he's been doing this for years and that's why he fits so well with this new lions team 2.0 will say is because he if he has to he'll bite a kneecap off he is going to be that guy in the in the backfield. I mean, he was getting – I mean, the first preseason game, I know it was against the Falcons, but still live game action. First three plays, then they took him off the field after the first drive, but the first three plays, sack, force fumble, and then a holding call against him where it would have been like a quarterback hit or whatever. Right out of the gate there, when you see that, that to me is a difference maker. That's someone who – is going to give put you in the best position to win each week. And not only that, he is going to give quarterbacks a hard time. Just because his speed, the way he gets in the pocket, I mean, he is very good pass rush moves, his swim moves that he's been working on. And he just – it's finally nice to see the Lions have a difference maker on the edge getting to the quarterbacks. That's something that they just have not seen probably since Ndamukong too. And even then, he wasn't even an edge rusher. He was a defensive tackle. So that's just, to me, like, wow, like, just really eye-opener and nice to finally have that on your defense. Jeff Okuda coming back, uh, you know, has had some injuries, but he's coming back. What are your expectations for him being, you know, you know, he's he's kind of been the the heir to the, the Darius Slay throne. Darius Slay obviously coming back to Detroit this season. Um what are your expectations for Okuda this year? He's going to have a good season. And I don't know if you knew this, but last year before he got hurt, Dan Campbell was saying that Okuda was going to have a you know significant role in the defense and he was going to have that season, but he got hurt. And everyone's now talking, is it going to happen? You know, It's really tough to have two seasons in a row to start your NFL career where you're on the injury list. But you can't, I, I'm going off of – I similar to how I feel about Bill Belichick and Campbell, we trust. And if Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn are talking about him in a very positive light, really giving him some props, then I'm in on him. And 
you know, he did have a good college career. I mean, he went number two for a reason. You know, he's fine. He is that guy to to make plays and finally be that defensive weapon they drafted. He's got to use his speed, you know, and he's been coming off two injuries where that's going to be tough to come back from. I, I see him slowly making his way into the defense and making a difference, maybe not right out of the gate, but as the season goes on. What are your uh, what are your expectations for did, – did the Eagles play at the Lions last year or was it home for the Eagles? I think it was at the, at, at the Eagles. Okay. Uh, I didn't get to watch that game because Sarah and Matt, my sister and brother-in-law, oh, were yeah, getting married. Um, what are your expectations for Darius Slay's return to Detroit in terms – you know, it's a sold-out game in Detroit for the first time since 2019 and first non – Thanksgiving game that they're offering standing room tickets for. Uh, what do you think the reception's going to be like for Big Play Slay in his return to Detroit? I think it'll be, you know, he'll get a, a great reception because he didn't, he left because of Patricia. He didn't leave because of the Lions organ. Like the Patricia! Lions. He is the worst. And guess, like, that's the other thing. Why, what's like, Pitts, why are you a Lions fan? Do you want to deal with Matt Patricia calling your plays? Because I don't. So, right, like, writing on his laminated sheet with a pencil? It's just there's so many jokes to be made about him, and I am not prepared to do it. But it just—he's going to have a good game. He's gonna—he played—he's played very well at four fields throughout his, his career, and he wants to make a statement, especially against a Lions team like this that has probably all the the eyes in the world watching him for the first time in decades. He's going to at least. I'm not going to predict an interception because I don't want to manifest that. Oh, I would love to manifest that for you big You can play. manifest it if you want, but I, I see him. Big Darius and big Jen Slay fan right here. Shout out to, to Jen and Darius. He's going to he's going to cause – he's going to wreak havoc. He is going to wreak havoc. That's why the Lions got so many weapons. So you put him on Amon Ron, well, then you just throw it to Josh Reynolds or DJ Chark. Or you hit DJ Hawkinson over the middle. Like that's where you know, which is which is the fun part I think for me, going to watch this Eagles defense against the Lions offense is seeing just the way that Jared Goff decides to think. I think is going to be like one of the key aspects of this game because of the improvements the Eagles defense had from last year to this year. Where now, opposite of Darius Slay, you have James Bradbury, who in 2020 was one of the best corners in all of football, and then. The New York Giants just absolutely stink and, you know, didn't know how to scheme him properly in 2021. Um, and then you look at the safeties. You bring in C.J. Gardner-Johnson now. Marcus Epps has been playing out of his fucking mind for the last two seasons. And it, it forced the Eagles' hand to say, hey, we're going to go trade for C.J. And we're going to cut Anthony Harris, who was our starting safety last year for pretty much every single game. And Marcus Epps is now the guy. And then you have Avante Maddox coming back in the slot, back where he is most comfortable. And then you talk about TJ Hawkinson, like the Eagles linebackers are arguably the best linebacking core they've had in my entire life outside of, you know, maybe 2004 when they went to the Super Bowl the first time, um, where now you have Hassan Reddick, you have Kaiser White, you have N'Kobe Dean, you have like this, this plethora of linemen, TJ Edwards, like the depth at linebacker for the Eagles now that will be able to match up against TJ Hawkinson is very exciting. And then obviously with the Lions, you know, offensive line injuries right now, that's got to have, you know, the defensive line for the Eagles just absolutely salivating and ready to go pounce on Jared Goff. So 
that's going to be the fun chess match aspect of this game is the Eagles' defense just who does Jared Goff decide to trust to go to in this game? Um, and then, you know, continuing on the defensive side of things for the Lions, who's somebody that not a lot of people know on this Lions defense? Obviously, we touched on the two big names with Aiden Hutchinson and, and Jeff Okuda, but who's somebody on this Lions defense that you think will be kind of pretty well known by mid-season, end of season, by most NFL fans. All right, I'm going to take a sip of my Kool-Aid here, my Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid, and tell you that a six-rounder is going to be the talk of the town, the talk of the defense. And his name is Malcolm Rodriguez. They go, He goes by Rodrigo. And I usually don't put a lot of stock into things that happen on Hard Knocks because – and 90% of those guys that they highlight end up getting cut and then put on a practice squad. But this guy, out of nowhere, six-round draft pick, was dominating against the first-team offense in, in drills. And then when they went to Indy, he was really playing well against the Colts' defense. And it got to a point where uh, – is he a linebacker? I think the linebacker's coach, Kelvin Shepard. That was uh, There's a scene in Hard Knocks where they're going over film and – he goes by Rodrigo, and he's just going, Rodrigo, you're doing everything right. I mean, this dude's a sixth-round pick. He's playing better than third and fourth round, second-round picks. And, like, it got to a point, like, this is where I know the Lions are a completely different team, is when the coach goes, I'll start him. I don't care if he's playing. If he's playing this well at this high of a, a you know, I'm going to start him. And mm-hmm. that's – and it's not just the coach's talk because you could, t- you know – buy into all that but i've seen him just during drills he has this explosiveness to him that i have been wanting the patriots to get a linebacker like that for so long and the fact that the fucking lions of the are the team that get the sixth round sneaky you know gold star on the mario board with the out of nowhere with the treasure chest like you just found it that's kind of what they did with him and he's a hard hitter you know, he's not someone that just because he's a six-round pick is going to get, you know, pushed aside and bullied around. Like, he'll hit you in the mouth. And that's exactly what Dan Campbell wants out of a defense. And you're going to see him be, uh, I would say, uh, an absolute playmaker throughout the season where he gets to week six, seven. Everyone's like, well, you know, the Lions defense, who, you know, with this. And then they talk about this guy and that guy. It's like, but what about Malcolm Rodriguez, Rodrigo? And everyone's going to refer back to hard knocks. Because he showed that he could be that guy. And that's what – and you pair him with Alex Anzalone, who had a great season last year and, you know, broke out to be, I would say, the leader of the linebacking core. Pair them together, I mean, that is a dangerous, heavy-hitting duo that I I am very happy to watch every Sunday now. Give me your keys to this game. What do you think has to happen for the Lions to win? And what do you think happens during this game that will allow the Eagles to win? I'll start with the Eagles because that, that's easy. Is that the Eagles just need to play Eagles football and, you know, exploit the weaknesses in the offensive line. Like you said, you know, Jalen Hurts needs to beat them in the air and on the ground. Yeah, how do you see the matchup with the defense going up against Jalen Hurts? Getting a mobile quarterback week one. I would say it's going to be a little bit of a struggle because you're not going to know whether to, you know, rush him because then he can outrun you 
or, you know, play back and then just let him sit in the pocket for an ample amount of time and then hit A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith for a deep pass. Like, they, it, so it's going to be a, a chess match, a mental chess match between him, uh, Hurts and the defense. Luckily, the, the, you know, Aaron Glenn, I have all my faith in him that he's going to game plan that correctly and do it to, you know, the best way he can. But I'm, I'm a big fan of Hurts this year. I, 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 you know, all bias aside, Jalen Hurts is going to be filthy and a problem for defenses to game plan for. And that's just only, you know, starting week one. I And for the Lions to win, and my gut is telling me that they're not going to win. They're, but they will cover. It's four points. You know, it's going to be a close game because they want to come out swinging. Dan Campbell's boys, like, I know right now, if someone's not playing to – you know, giving it their all, he's going to take them out. That's just how Dan Campbell operates. Where these guys are hungry, you know, they want to win, and they're embarrassed after last season. And you're going to see that embarrassment really – they're going to wear that on their sleeves when they're playing the Eagles because they want to prove something. They want to make a statement that, you know, this is not the SOL, same old Lions of years ago. Um, I, I, I would say that the Eagle – I mean, the Lions really need to protect Jared Goff. You know, in a simple sentence, if they can protect Jared Goff, then they are going to put themselves in a good chance, to, in a good place to win. Whereas the Eagles need to absolutely bury Jared Goff because once you throw him off, you throw that offense off, then you know they're running around with chickens with their head cut off, basically trying to figure out what to do. So you've been on Eagles enemies before, obviously last year, and uh, we're doing, we're we're sticking with the new tradition that we kicked off last year where. I ask each guest uh, a fun, quirky question around their their team. Anybody who knows Pat Pitts now, we got him hooked on Marvel. You've heard of Hooked on Phonics? Well, it's Hooked on Marvel. It is. And I'd be fair to say that the Guardians of the Galaxy are your guys. Oh, I, I am Star-Lord. That's like, not, Pitts I, is a I, big I, Guardians fan. And obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, according to James Gunn, is going to be the final iteration of that team of Guardians of the Galaxy. So, I want you to take members of the Detroit Lions, past or present, and assemble the Lions of the Galaxy. Oh, the Lions of the Galaxy. All right. Um, I think you got to put Jamal Williams in there. You got to put him in just because of his leadership skills, and he's just such a fun energy. You have to put him in there because in any group of people, like he, he's going to get the job done. I don't know if I, who I would compare him to out of the Guardians yet, but you need to put him in there. Um, you need Barry Sanders, obviously. I think when you think of the greatest of all time. Um, so Jamal Williams, Barry Sanders. I'm trying to think of like, there's no really big defensive guys. Still, uh, I'm trying to get a good. It's good comparisons. So I got Jamal Williams. I won't put Dan Campbell in there, because I feel like Dan Campbell can be like a stronger Jacks leader, Drax leader. I mean, like you know, Drax doesn't say anything. He's the big brute guy. Where like. Dan Campbell is that. Why is Detroit? <laughs> why he's like, like literally like he is Drax, but just more personable and like just combine Drax with Stone Cold Steve. See, Austin. Dan Campbell gives me big Rocket Raccoon vibes. 
Yeah, like, but I, yeah, okay. Because would, because uh, the thing that stands out in my brain is Dan Campbell wants to bite kneecaps, and Rocket's like, I'm going to get that arm. I'm going to get that arm. I'm going to get that kneecap. Yeah, I'm going to, dude, he literally said it. Like, Dan, yeah, all right, so Dan Campbell's definitely Rocket. Uh, Jamal Williams, uh, who else? Barry, Barry Sanders. Sanders. All right, so we got three, and there's five. Six, if you count, like, a Mantis or, or somebody like that. Okay, uh, so we got three. I think you have to put Stafford. He just like you know. I would say Stafford because he would be the Peter Quill to me. Because you know we all know Stafford. He's not the most outspoken guy, but when Matt Stafford talks, you listen. That's basically how I feel with this. Is that for the, all those years that he was on the team, I don't think the coach was really the locker room leader. It was Matt Stafford. So people, and you know, you could ask any guy in the league what their views on Matt Stafford, and they love him. So I'm going to put him in that Star Lord category, and I, I, I want. I'm, I'm trying to think of a five. You know, so I got four. Um, Surprised you haven't named a certain certain well, like wide Cal- receiver. Yeah, Calvin Johnson, you could put in there, but I'm trying to like, where does you know? Oh, he could be like the group. He just does that. Like he is just like I am Megatron. I am Megatron. Like, whatever you ask him to do. And, like, maybe Calvin and instead of Dan Campbell, or I will say, like, Rocker Raccoon and Groot having knowing what they're saying, like, you have Calvin and Megatron. I mean, um, Stafford and Megatron being the ones that communicate. So, yeah, I would go there. And then for a Mantis, I'm going to go Sheila Ford. Okay? I'm going with the owner. Because I don't know what it is, but the fact that she's been around this long – and she just – there's something about Sheila Ford, okay, that people booed her and may not like her, but I, she's still here. And she was the one that brought in Dan Campbell. She's the one that brought in Brad Holmes. Like, she's got a lot more going on up there and knows what she's doing more than people think. And that's why she is sticking with this, you know, we'll say new era of the Lions and not just leaving like uh, the rest of her family did. You know, so I'm going to go in that Mantis role where, like, she just feels the emotion. She knows that and, like, just wants to, you know, adapt based on whatever's going on. So, yeah, that would be my six. So there are the Lions of the Galaxy. Jamal Williams, Barry Sanders, Dan Campbell, Matthew Stafford, Calvin Megatron Johnson, and Sheila Ford. Not a bad not a bad ragtag crew that's going that to be zooming crew. through. The that galaxy. is a motley crew. Uh, let me tell you that. That is, I would love to hang out with them. Uh, Pitts, it's always a pleasure. Let everybody know where they can follow you on the socials. Check out your work you're doing for Stadium Rant. Listen to the Loaded Box podcast and anything else that you've got going on out in the wild world of sports. Yeah, dude, we have a lot going on right now with us. It's football season. Uh, so we'll sleep in I, February. Well, I'll sleep in February or sleep when I'm dead, whatever at this, at this point. So you got to follow me on Twitter. That's where all my nonsensical thoughts and takes are at Pat underscore pits, two T's, uh, just like Kyle, you know, brother from another mother and then Instagram to Pitsy 35 and then loaded box on Twitter. You got to follow it because we are going to be doing a lot more with that Twitter account you know doing twitter spaces i have some video ideas that i'm going to send to mikey to post uh and obviously when you know you got to do stuff with the champ uh so you know follow the box 
and uh, Stadium Rant 2, Gillette Gazette. Uh, you know, I'm the Lions guy here, but then I throw on my other cap and I'm Patriot Pitts. So go follow Gillette Gazette if you're a Patriots fan or a fan of me because I write from articles there and uh, Stadium Rant HQ as well. So th- those are all the the accounts that I have uh, an attachment to that, you know, if you want to follow it, please be my guest. It's always a pleasure. And uh, no matter what, it's go birds. And I'm sure we'll be having fun on Sunday while I'm in a press box in Washington, DC covering the PLL. And uh, you know, we'll be tweeting about Eagles lions because it's always a doozy. I have a 90th birthday party for my great uncle. I have to go to, and I was like, Mom, like, you know, I, it's week one. She's like, well, the Patriots be on. I'm like, that's why I have two TVs in the basement, and uh, you just don't – you don't get it. So, like, you yeah. Don't, you don't get that I love the kings of the jungle. You don't understand my love for another team, the you love just, for the Motor City. You just took your mom like the uh, the Lion King meme, and Rafiki just throws him up. I, oh, dude, <laughs> when she said that, she's like, well, I will have the game on. I was like – yeah, but you're not – you don't You don't get it. You don't get it. So. As they once said back in the day, parents just don't understand. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Enemies presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. Big shout-out to Patty Pitts for hopping on the show this week. Make sure you're following him on the socials, checking out everything he's doing for us here at Underground Sports with Loaded Box and, of course, everything he's doing with Stadium Rant. Make sure you guys are following us on the socials to keep up to date with everything Eagles throughout the entire season at Underground PHI. Sunday is going to be an absolute doozy. Uh, I'm very excited to see how this Eagles team matches up in a real game scenario. A.J. Brown, how you doing? He's always open, getting his first uh, actual game day with the Eagles. This is a big year for Jalen Hurts, big year for Devontae Smith, and we'll see if Miles Sanders scores his first touchdown since December of 2020. And obviously, I'm stoked for this defense because they're going to be a bunch of junkyard dogs out there. So get ready to start howling. Follow us at Underground PHI Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. And uh, leave those five-star ratings and reviews. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel where you get full video episodes of Eagles Enemies every single week of this Eagles season. Smash that like button, ring the bell icon, and comment down below your score predictions for Eagles-Lions. But this has been episode one of the regular season and episode four overall of season five of Eagles Enemies presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your host, KB. And until next week... When it's opening night at the link, Monday night football against the Minnesota Vikings, it's always Go Birds.